Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I they're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Well, that Boston Garden rap will uh, will turn your frown upside down if you're frowning on a Sunday morning. Hopefully not. Great to be with you. Episode 413. Of the Anakin Florian Podcast, Sunday, June 4th, 2023. You're looking pretty good today. You're looking pretty young today. Last week on the program, we failed to mention your 47th birthday. Yes. Yes. Old, dude. Freaking old. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit, a little more rested, a little more rested. Now that I'm older, I don't sleep as many hours. Like, I don't know if that's because I don't need more. I assume I could you know, use more sleep, but I, I just don't sleep as much, but uh, I don't know. I feel pretty rested today. So that's good. my mother told me that as I got older, I would start to have these intermissions during my sleep and it might just <laughs> mark the end of that sleep. If it's four forty-five in the morning and you wake up, but as you get older, all you youngins out there will realize it becomes harder to stay asleep. And when you wake up at two or three in the morning, oftentimes you feel like you're ready to go and you pay for it dearly later in the day. But I didn't intend on bringing up your birthday. I find that as I get older, I would love for people to forget my birthday. It just so happens that we're doing a podcast on my 45th birthday, Monday, July 3rd. And uh, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with that. But uh, yeah, man, they get harder. Like my yeah. 40th birthday was was my worst birthday of my life by <laughs> a significant margin. Yeah. Reality hits. Reality hits. Yeah. How was uh, how was birthday number 47 for you, Kenny? It was great, man. You know, pretty chill. You know, hung out with the family, got a nice meal uh, at night, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. What a great meal we had in Charlotte. Suppertown? Yeah, Supperland. Yeah, Supperland. Yeah, that was awesome. Supperland with Dominic Cruz and, of course, your lovely wife, Clark. All right, a lot to get into today as we recap UFC Fight Night, Cata France versus Albazi. Later in the week, we will give you, I think, six predictions for UFC 289, Nunes versus Aldana. Also, some details on my visit to the Lioness Studio. What a beautiful space. 
Amanda Nunes has to her lonesome. I went from Roger Crawl's MMA Science Academy last Thursday straight to Amanda Nunes's The Lioness Studio. So you go from one gym packed to the nines with fighters training during pro practice. And then, then you go to this beautiful offering that only has Amanda Nunes, Nina Nunes, and Ariane Lipsky. The differentiation between the smell of one place and the <laughs> next was a, a real juxtaposition. So more on that coming up later in the week. But a lot to recap from this UFC fight night. Some big stuff happening at the KSW event in Poland. So time permitting, we will get to that. And uh, we asked Ray Longo to come on at 10.30 a.m. Eastern on this here Sunday morning. Respectfully, he asked for 11.15 a.m. Eastern. So we'll catch up with Ray Longo here in about 15 minutes, as usual. A lot to get to with Raymond. But let us begin headlines with our UFC Fight Night main event. It goes to Amir Albazi by split decision over Kai Kata France. This was a flyweight title eliminator, and it is Amir Albazi who moves forward. In what was a close fight, a lot of fans are in an uproar about the scorecards. A lot of them throwing out that word robbery. It wasn't that for me, although I did believe however close the fight was, that it was a clear win for Kai Kata France. Huge ramifications for our main event challenge, which we'll get into later in the week with Brian Petrie going five-unit max on Amir Albazi. Um, or excuse me, that was on Alex Caceres, but he did have a play on Amir Albazi. You had a two-unit play on Kai Kata France. So uh, I don't know, my man, what can you tell us about a very entertaining flyweight main event that goes to Iraq's Amir Albazi? I got screwed. I got screwed. I lost uh-huh. points. Oh, no, sorry. It's not about me. Uh, yeah. No, listen, I, I I had it how you saw it. You know, um, I, I agree with you. I think that, it, yes, there were some close rounds, but I thought it was going to be a clear decision win for Kai Kata France. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I thought that he won or has an, a strong argument for rounds one, two, four, and five. So you could argue that he won four rounds to one. I thought it was pretty clear for Albazi round three. I thought round two and round one was pretty close, but I thought the calf kicks did a lot of damage in round one, enough so that I thought it was, you know, for Kai Kata France. Um, round two was close enough. If you told me Albazi won that round, I would say, okay, I don't really have a problem with that. It was pretty close. But again, when I'm looking at uh, the strikes that are landing cleaner, that are having an effect on the other guy, I thought it was Kai Kata France who was landing the better strikes, the cleaner strikes. I thought he did enough to keep the fight on the feet and thwart many of the grappling attempts from Albazi, save, of course, that round three. But I thought it was a great performance. First of all, Albazi is legit. The dude yeah. is someone to watch for sure. I think he's going to learn a ton from that fight. I just don't think he won that fight. And, you know, have a lot of respect for the judges that uh, did their thing that night. But I, I respectfully disagree. Um, it was close. But, uh, again, I, I, I think you could even have four rounds to one for Kai Kata France. I would agree with that. I certainly had rounds one, four, and five for Kai Kata France. And uh, a lot of people would argue maybe it was 2-2 going into that fifth round, but there was no argument as to who won that fifth round. So right. I felt like it was pretty clear for Kai Kata France. I understand the uproar from his teammates. And certainly it's lazy to suggest that as an elite-level fighter, you can't leave it in the hands of the judges. But, Kenny, more often than not, when we talk about these fights – that are exceedingly close. We are talking about elite-level fighters, and more often than not, we're talking about five rounds. 
I want to share some tweets with you. Of course, Sean Sheehan is a guy who you hear on the Anakin Florian podcast. Now, somebody wrote to him that this was a robbery, and he wrote, LOL, come on now. Cotta France absolutely destroyed the air with 90% of his strikes. And now I want to read a tweet from you sort of following up on that from somebody who I'm now following. It's the underscore most underscore high. And I want you to listen to this carefully, folks. Main culprit here is the concept of significant strikes. Once people accept it's a fake stat where a measuring jab that touches someone's shoulder is counted, we can move forward. The criteria used for a significant strike literally has nothing to do with a strike that is significant. So the stats really don't matter in a lot of respects. And I'm as guilty as anyone in terms of trotting them out there on a broadcast or backing up a number that we graphically show on TV. But the judges are not privy to those. That being said, Kenny, in round four of this fight, Kai Kata France was 27 of 65, and Amir Albazi was 5 of 29. And Chris Lee gave round four for Amir Albazi. So when I look at the singularity of that scorecard, I feel like Kai Kata France was robbed in that round four. So in totality, maybe I guess I am speaking out of both sides of my mouth and suggesting that Kai Kata France was robbed a little bit here. But I almost turned the television off before I stuck around for the scorecards because, man, that was late on the East Coast. So... I don't know if you have anything for us on that particular round, round four, but Chris Lee is thought by a lot of people to be one of the better judges out there. There aren't a lot of elite judges, less than 10 per John McCarthy. Um, but that round four scorecard to me, Ken Flo, is really, really bad. I agree with that. I, I thought that that was pretty clear for Kai Kata France, who I thought had a very strong round. Uh, there was nothing really as far as volume um, or you know strikes necessarily that I, I – where I would say Al-Bazi definitely won that round or was even close to winning that round. Kai Kata France was way more active. He was thwarting the grappling attempts. Al-Bazi really didn't uh, successfully take him down. It was Kai Kata France who was scrambling back to his feet in that round, landing the more significant strikes as far as damage and effect. That's what we're looking at. Um, so, yes, you know, the numbers don't always tell the story, um, but – you know, sometimes it does, you know, depending on what's what's going on and, and the effect those strikes are having. And I just thought that Kai Kata France was landing the better strikes um, in, in that round and in a lot of other rounds as well. So I, it, it's confusing. And again, I, I think you have to talk about how important this fight was. Obviously, it's important for, important for Kai Kata France, who's trying to get back to the very top and and fight for the belt again. And of course, for Albazi, who is trying to establish himself as elite, truly elite in that division. He's trying to get closer to that title shot as well. So th there was a lot at stake in this fight, and I don't think the judges got it right, in my opinion. I'm using my twin brother's camera for the first time, and I fucking just kicked the tripod underneath the desk. So sorry for that little blip there. Yeah, I mean, Sal Diamato, I consider a friend in the MMA space, rounds one through three for Amir Albazi. And again, when I talk about the hardest jobs in mixed martial arts, I think judge is the second hardest job to fighter. Fighter is the hardest job in MMA. Judge is number two. Referee is three. And humbly, I think the job of MMA commentator is really fucking hard as well. Um, but Kenny, the judges don't have a lot of tools at their disposal. And sometimes we're on a carousel when we have this conversation. The number one resource you could give these judges, however few elite of them there actually are in the world, is half points. And then the other thing you could do is just have five judges scorecards. 
But I don't know, man. You know, the judges have fewer tools than referees. They have fewer tools than fighters. They have fewer tools than MMA commentators. And as such, you're going to have fights like this. And uh, I don't know, man. The overwhelming majority of this fan base believed after the totality of those 25 minutes that Kai Kata France had done enough to preserve his spot in the top three of this division to take home to a very far away place twice as much money as he's taking home. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's frustrating. I'm happy for Amir Albazi, and there's a whole angle to him that we're going to get into. But uh, I don't know, man. I feel for Kai getting on, on, on a long trip after what happened this weekend. Yeah, you know, a lot of times we see guys that are pursuing uh, the other one. Uh, if the rounds are close, they're going to go with the guy that is moving forward oftentimes. The, the problem is, is that throughout those times that Albazi was moving forward, he really wasn't throwing anything or really throwing anything of significance, in my opinion. And when he did get hit by, uh, with a shot by Kai Kara France, he was moving back like it forced him to move backwards or reset. And it allowed Kai Kara France to kind of get in the game and start to land strikes and kind of so. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly why that is. You know, certainly there was a size discrepancy there. Albazi looked huge there against Kaikata France. So um, admittedly, when he did throw, uh, some of those strikes were, you know, definitely uh, keeping Kaikata France alert there. But was it enough to win those rounds? I, I just, I, I didn't see it myself. Now, I led the dance by talking about the numbers being pretty insignificant, certainly when it comes to the judges. It doesn't mean, though, that I can't sort of back up an argument with them or at least inject them into the conversation, because what a lot of us saw was effective striking from Kai Kata France, and Sean Sheehan didn't necessarily see it that way. But 99 of 283 for Kata France in terms of these significant strikes, 43 of 145 for Amir Albazi. So Kata France, he was, he was the much busier athlete. Total strikes thrown, 323 to 173. And if you want to go to the takedowns in terms of the totality of this fight, Kenny, Amir Abazi was one for nine on his takedowns, right? Kai stuffed eight of those takedowns. Mm -hmm. So Abazi did have six minutes of, of ground control time for whatever the hell that's worth. But what do you make about Sean Sheen's tweet that says, Kata France absolutely destroyed the air with 90% of his strikes and I kicked the tripod again. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. Sound the trumpets, ladies and gentlemen. It is horse racing time, so saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. So right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. All you need to do, deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app, not now, but right now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to 
$250 when they opt in with code FLOW, F-L-O, only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on a first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Um... I don't I don't know about that. Listen, I, I think that he was missing some of them. Um, but we're not we're not counting the ones that are missing. We're counting the ones that were landing, right? I mean that still, if you're counting the ones that are landing, he's still landing a hell of a lot more than Albazi. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that's the way I saw yeah. it. All right, so uh, Amir Albazi is the winner, and he's won a lot of fights. I think he's 17-1, and one, and certainly hidden in a lot of that discourse about the judging was your high praise for Amir Albazi. Now, split decision result like this is probably not going to earn him a championship opportunity. There is business to be settled, of course, in one month's time between the champion Brandon Moreno and Alessandre Pantoja. There's always the chance that with a Pantoja win, those guys could fight twice. But enter... Brandon Royval, three consecutive wins. He has a win over Kai Kata France back in the day. He was scheduled to fight Amir Albazi at one point in time. It was Royval who had to pull out, I believe, due to a broken hand. Perhaps you do Royval and Albazi, but for me, Brandon Royval, top five in terms of most entertaining fighters in all of mixed martial arts. He's won three in a row based upon his body of work and some of the adversity that he's experienced with injuries. For me, Moreno-Pantoja, if it's a clean result, especially for Brandon Moreno, this is a big weekend for Brandon Royval, and I believe Raw Dog Royval is the number one contender and will be next for the championship belt. Uh, he's extremely exciting, and, and I think he's finally maturing and, and getting it all together, putting it all together, I should say, uh, in the octagon. Um, I, I would love to see, uh, it, again, assuming timing doesn't work out, to see Royval against someone like Albazi. I think that would be absolute fire. Both those guys love to move forward. And, and get after it and look for the finish. But um, yeah, I, I think Royval is on, on, on a, on a roll right now and um, you know, in a great position because of it. the good thing is you have a champion in Brando, Brandon Moreno who wants to fight all of these guys and Allah Chandra Pantoja. If he becomes the champion, you know, he's going to have an appetite for all of these fights. But uh, when you look at that result and the split nature of it, I thought it was a big win for Brandon Royval, but congratulations to Amir Albazi. First UFC main event, I thought he shined at times over these 25 minutes, and he's only going to be better going forward. He was critical of his own performance, uh, perhaps overcritical of his own performance, but uh, we'll see Kata Ka- Ka- France go back to the well, but you do feel for that man getting on the uh, the metal tube back to, uh, to New Zealand. All right. Ken Flo took to the Twitter machine to talk about the uh, co-main event in the featherweight division. Alex Caceres over Daniel Pineda by unanimous decision. Caceres, UFC appearance number 28, needed a big third round. He gets it, gets the fight of the night bonus to go with it. And what else can you say, man? Alex Caceres still getting it done. I, I was so impressed with Caceres. And, and to see, you know, I, I trained with Caceres way back in the day. To, so to see where he's come from and the skills that he's accrued, the maturity, the experience it, is really impressive. It, it's awesome to see him. Uh, be able to adjust in a fight as well. And he can kind of call on all these very different skills uh, to pull off a win. And man, did he need all of those skills against Pineda, who was 
always dangerous, whether he was swinging for the fences, trying to knock his head off, or on the ground looking for submissions. This was a beautiful fight that we saw really transpire everywhere, whether it was on the feet or on the ground. These guys were going for it. Amazing scrambles on the ground. Uh, excellent aggressiveness by both men. They yeah. were clearly not only trying to win the fight, they were trying to finish each other. And we had an amazing fight because of it. Excellent performance by both guys. But to see Caceres destroy the body like he did and to win those critical rounds against a very determined and tough Pineda was, was really pretty to watch. Well done, Ken Flo. I have nothing to add. I'll read your tweet. Uh, Pineda versus Caceres was an awesome fight. Pineda was close to hitting a Scottish twister in round two. I don't know what a Scottish twister is. Uh, those body shots by Caceres were beautiful. Fun exchanges on the feet and on the ground by two true veterans. What's a Scottish twister? So basically, it's, it's the we, we call I call it the Scottish Twitter, uh, uh, twister now, I guess. But it was the move that Stevie Ray hit on, uh, ah, on Anthony that's right. Pettis. So he was kind of twisted up. So if he held on to his head and actually extended those legs, he could have put a kind of spinal twist on Caceres' body. Uh, and Caceres was in big trouble for a little bit. Uh, and then kind of forced him to kind of release that leg hold, which was kind of spinning or twisting the spine of Caceres there. But uh, awesome fight, man, by both men. That was that was really cool. Just the veteran savvy to know you're going to have to walk through damage. I just felt like they were both so present over those 15 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fans win, right? Sounds trite, but uh, the fans win with that one. All right, Ray Longo coming up in about 60 seconds, but you know what it is this weekend. It's UFC 289. Sure to pack a punch with a marquee matchup between the reigning champ Amanda Nunes and the latest challenger out of Mexico, Irene Aldana, who will leave Van City with the Bantamweight title. Well, you can place your bets right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, and new customers can make a $5 bet on UFC 289 and score 200 in bonus bets instantly. So many enticing matchups on which to bet. A lot of two-way action expected on that co-main event. Charles Oliveira, Benil Daryush. How about Nate the Train Landwehr as an underdog, by the way? DraftKings same game parlays also in play for UFC 289. You combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code AFPOD. New customers can make a $5 UFC 289 bet and score 200 in bonus bets instantly this Saturday on DraftKings Sportsbook with code AFPOD. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, 800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsive responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash mma terms all right you know the cold brew is not far from his right hand let's get to the ray longo minute it's now time for the ray longo minute i want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest that's what i want the ray longo minute John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Hey, Longo. Oh, uh, how's the look? Longo's a look. Hair. 
We got a center, you. But other than that, Jeez, what the heck is that? There we Come go. On. Look at the hair, John. For Look you, at that buddy. hair, John. You John, approve? You... I approve. Yeah, thank you. Get the you, thumbs Ken. up from me. Thank you, Ken. So I look about my age. You guys unequivocally both look younger, so much so than your age. Right? You look great. Ah. Look at you, man. I mean, no, hey, seriously. Hey, I no, mean, if John, I even all, make I, it I, to sixty-five, I'm natural too. Nothing. I believe you. Zero. I believe you, man. Vitamin D from the sun, that yellow orb in the sky. Your haircut looks great. Uh, it really she'll, does. She'll be so happy. She was under a lot of pressure this time. I said, I said, Lauren, the guys are making fun of me. They're bullies. They're talking about my <laughs> hair again. And she got right in there with the clippers. <laughs> Go. I think a lot of our viewers remember the COVID long ago where you had that unforgettably long lettuce. I don't know exactly what was hair. growing in it. He had hair down to his ass, didn't you, Ray? Was it that long? <laughs> or am I exaggerating? A little bit. H hippie Ray? Okay. A little bit exaggeration. All right. A little bit. So, uh, well, it's great to see you as always. Maybe did you, a little, uh, little bit. <laughs> did you go double gratuity to Cheyenne? Is her name Cheyenne? No, her name is Lauren. Ah. But you were close. Come on. Cheyenne, so, Lauren. So Lauren you... has now given you a haircut. Yes. By the way, I got to do a better job if you're watching it, watching on the uh, DraftKings network. I'm using this new camera today, but I want to look at your faces when I'm supposed to actually look up here at the camera. But I tell you, you, so, look, you look exceptionally bright today, John. Yeah, he does. He re you really do. Thanks. I'm using a, a high definition camera. I mean, it's about time I get my act together yeah, when it comes is... to some of this stuff. I'm trying. It's not for a lack of effort. Uh, but did you go double gratuity to Lauren after failing to tip her from your previous haircut about three weeks ago? You know, because I'm an honest man, that would have to be a negative. <laughs> <laughs> so is this just a matter of like not having the cash when no. it comes time to tip the barber? Yeah. It's a, What's but... the issue? You know, John, I really, <laughs> I don't know what, the, I don't know. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm tipping the next time. I, I just don't think about it. You know what it is? Wait I'm, a second. I'm always in the gym. She comes, to, <laughs> she comes to the gym to cut my ass. So I'm always running around. So it's more like that. Wait, so you didn't tip her head at all? No, I didn't tip her. And I think I made a sweep up the hair also, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> See, Kenny's laughing. I'm sitting here thinking, like, do you guys just do it differently up there? Is she like a gym barber? Is it known that she that she just comes in and, and cuts your hair for free? Well, you she's, know? she's a fighter. She's one of the fighters in the gym. She'll be fighting June 24th in case you, you're interested. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm more interested in her than a lot of the athletes you talk about on this show. She's also cut your hair, yeah. you know? All right. A lot of different things to get into. We were just talking about Alex Caceres and just overwhelming appreciation for this guy's body of work. He's going to have probably 35 UFC fights when he's said and done. And at this point, with a number next to his name, I think it's three or four successive wins. He's won seven of eight. I know Michael Bisping sort of laughed a little bit and not in a disrespectful way yeah. when he brought up Alexander Volkanovsky. But the dude's won seven of eight fights in one of the toughest divisions in mixed martial arts. No, so. I agree with you, man. And, uh, you know what? Good for him for calling out. For, and, it, and look, he didn't really call him. I mean, he did it in right. a nice way. I mean, I think he's a nice kid also. So I think he did it in a respectful, playful way maybe. I don't know what I was feeling. But uh, you know what? Sometimes 
sometimes it's good to make those dreams come true for somebody, you know? I mean, you know, they did it like on the show, you know, the winner of the show, you know, we talked about that, gets a, a shot at the title or this or that. They had a couple of seasons. So throw the guy a bone. I like what he did last night. was fantastic. Like you guys were saying, it was a great fight. And uh, yeah, so what? Yeah, like he's been around forever. I think you got to reward those guys. I think he'll get a big fight, and I'm really interested to see what he'll do with it. You may recall he did headline in Salt Lake City back in 2016, competitive five rounds against Yair Rodriguez, and obviously Alex Caceres is a completely different animal seven years later. Yeah. Uh, Raymond, what do you have for us on the main event? Kai Kata France and Amir Albazi. The split goes to uh, the Iraqi Amir Albazi. Man, I got to tell you, I thought Kara France won that fight. And I, I thought, and I, um, at minimum three to two. I, I but again, I'm, I'm qualifying my opinion. I wasn't watching as a judge. I was just sitting on the couch. But it looked like double jabs, triple jabs. He, I, I don't know. He by far was the more busier guy. I don't know. I look like again. I didn't judge the fight, but I thought Carif. I think I actually almost think it was kind of bad. But it doesn't seem like. That was the people's uh, opinion, right? They, they, I think people thought it was could have went either way. It's hard for me to be overly critical of the judges for a lot of different reasons. Chief among them is because I've said they don't have anything resembling appropriate resources to actually do their job. Yeah. And also, as a UFC commentator, you know, I have to take it pretty seriously. Sometimes I share fucking shuttles with these gentlemen, you know. Um, but Kenny. Is it too simplistic of me to suggest that, like, maybe they're just getting a little bit too cute with it in terms of, like, trying to focus so much on damage and what strike is doing this? Like, everybody in the fight space that I respect, with the exception of maybe Bilal Muhammad, believes that Kai Kata France won this fight. And sometimes I just feel like, Kenny, the judges are just getting a little bit too cute with this, you know, like rounds four and five. Fucking Kai Kata France every day of the goddamn week. Well, easy. Yeah. I mean, very easy. Look, I, 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 look, I, I wasn't really watching, so I know Aljo was there. So I text him. I go, "Am I missing something? Like, was it different live?" And he said it was close, but he said it came for him. It came down to whoever won the first round, which you know, like again, and I thought Kara France won the first round, so I, I had a minimum three rounds. You know, I gave the other guy when he had the, you know, he, he had his back for a while and the grappling exchanges. And even I think Carol France ended up turning that around even at the end. So I, yep. I, I don't I've been I just don't know how you thought the other guy won, like based on what? Like he definitely wasn't busier than him. Uh, but I don't think he got rocked at all. The other guy, I think, like, again, I, I to me. On the outside, again, I'm qualifying. I don't want to get attacked by anybody. It just looked like the jib, he had no answer for the jib. He was getting double jib, triple jib. The guy was moving. I, I, I don't know. It looked like he – I if I'm Cara France, I'm fucking pissed because I that was a really tough fight. You had to be respectful. You know, you zig when you should have zagged. The fight's over. And I thought he did a great job at just controlling the pace of that fight and outlanding him. I, I agree with you, Ray. Well, I agree it? with you, Ray. And, and yeah. John does as well, I believe. But yeah, I, I think that what kind of hurt him in the beginning was the fact that he was a little tight. Even walking out to the fight, you can see yeah. the pressure on his shoulders, the nervousness as he walked uh, into that uh, octagon. I, but I still think he won, he won rounds one and even two. Two was even yeah. closer, I thought. But I think there's a strong argument for 
for four rounds to one for, no, for Kai no, Kata France. No question so about it. I, I was a little confused because it's like you're looking at what strikes take effect. And to me, the determining de- determining factor in that first round were the calf kicks. I mean, when he was landing those calf kicks, it was definitely getting yes. Al Bazi to step back. He was definitely walking a little bit more gingerly on that lead leg. Other than that, it was kind of skimming blows from both guys yeah. with their hands. So I don't know. Uh, that was that was an interesting decision to me. Uh, I, I do, was a little do, confused by. Yeah. Do we look at the scorecards? What rounds they gave? Yeah. What, yeah, round, you want what rounds did they yep. give Albazi? So Sal Diamato gave Amir Albazi rounds one, two, and three. Then gave four and five to Kai Kata France. Mike Bell had the fight for Kai Kata France. He gave him one, four, and five. And then Chris Lee gave Kai Kata France rounds one and five. As I said, round four, Chris Lee gave to Amir Albazi. And that, of all the scorecards to me, is the single worst right. round score from any of the three judges. Yeah, no, nah, I, I would think one, four, and five is the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. That, that guy, he should be. Look, again, but it was, you know, look, it was, it a, it was very competitive. But, you know, in those fights like that, like a fight like that, John, that's when you really want the judges to get it right. Because, that you know, you, you're fighting with your head, you're thinking. I mean, I think they told him he had a – I think – did they not tell him he had to finish him in, in round five? Well, right. I mean, can you imagine if you're Kai Kata France and there's open scoring and you look up and Sal Diamato's got the first three for Amir Albazi? You're probably yeah. sitting there See, like, that, man, that, what do I got to do? That's what I don't like about the open scoring, though, man. No, I know. That, that's exactly what I don't like. I, as hard as it is, I'd rather get fucked at the end than going through that and having a, you know, I think I'm winning a round and the guy's voting against me. That, that's that got to feel like shit. Yeah, what's interesting in rounds four and five, you, you definitely even in even three, uh, even though he definitely lost round three. Yeah. Kai Kata France didn't take his foot off the gas at the end of those rounds. Like no. he was clearly trying to win yes. those rounds by finishing strong on top of it. I yeah. thought he was cruising in rounds four and five, like winning the round, yeah. and then he stepped on the gas at the very end to make sure yes. that you know any of the referees or the judges were watching. Sorry, that they were going to give it uh, his way and. I don't know. It, it was a head scratcher for sure. Yeah, yeah. And no, I feel bad for uh, Carol France. I really do. I thought he, you know why? Because he really fought an intelligent, smart, well executed fight against a tough kid, man. It kind of sucks. Yeah. I feel worse for your barber having to attack that nest with no gratuity. And honestly, <laughs> Kai doesn't lose that much, Ray. But in all seriousness, guys, right? Like I've sat here and suggested that Brandon Royball and not Amir Albazi, what? Yeah, Kenny, is it possible we're talking about the judging? He had a he had to insert that in in between sentences. He got it. He got it. I tell you, he's on a roll tonight, with it. baby. <laughs> Uppercut out of nowhere from Anik. Uh, well, I guess I just that my brain just was sort of saying, well, I feel kind of worse for her than Kai. No, I mean certainly monetarily, <laughs> but I don't think Kai loses that much because. I don't think Amir Albazi gains all that much from a win here. He accrues the experience. I thought he looked good at times. Uh, but Brandon Royval, to me, if Brandon Moreno were to go out there and dust Pantoja quickly, or even vice versa, I think Brandon Royval has to be the guy, which means that Kai Kata France is still going to find himself in a big title eliminator type fight. So in terms of contendership, I'm not sure he loses that much. But yeah, man, it's it's a red stripe on his Wikipedia page forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
We're back to the same old spot, buddy. Yeah, no, we I really mean, well, are. I don't think, and... look, I, I, we've we've seen worse, but that was that was surprising to me. I thought that was a unanimous decision. That really surprised the shit out of me. Now that's yeah. that's got to be unsettling, Ray, for for you who's been a part of many big fights to yeah. see that and go, man, that could be in my future at some point because it's uh, you want to at least make sense of some of the decisions. And again, they were yeah. close rounds, but uh, as a coach, you got to feel a little bit uh, yeah, nervous right. about that. I think I've been on the receiving end of a lot of that. You know, yeah. you, you know what it is. It's like anything else in life. You, you, you almost become, you know, like uh, numb <laughs> to yeah. it. That's why, yeah. like, when we have these conversations, I'm like, I, well, I think we made some inroads. So I think by talking about it, I think uh, the commissions tried to tighten up a couple of things. So I think we just keep beating the drum and hope that uh, they get it right. But it's always going to be so subjective that it's never going to be like that and it, it, human nature uh it it, it is it, look it, it it's tough but i don't know i think the easy ones i think that's what bothers me i thought that that looked like an easy one to me to score and then they got it wrong all right some other uh highlights from this uh ufc fight night Jim Miller will be 40 in October, I believe. He is the all-time UFC wins leader now with 25 of those, 42 UFC appearances, which is also a record. And, uh, man, that left hand. Kempfo, what do you have for us on Jim Miller over the uh, tough luck UFC newcomer Jesse Butler? I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, uh, Jim Miller's an absolute stud. Looked like he was in phenomenal shape. I mean, he looked as muscly as I remember him. But uh, just a short shot on the inside, man. Jim Miller doing his thing, continuing to evolve as a fighter. Uh, obviously, comes from that grappling background. And, and landing that short shot, man, to see him uh, get these wins against these youngsters is uh, is pretty damn cool. It's what the martial arts is all about. And he's writing a completely different story for himself, which I think is is really remarkable as a guy who's been around this sport for so long. Yeah, totally. You got to think. Go ahead. Totally blown away, John, by that performance. And like, again, this is a guy that obviously loves to fight. Like, he, you have to love to fight. The guy's 40 years old. He fought like a 20-year-old last night. Uh I, you know, he's been through the adversity. Didn't he have the uh, stomach problem or whatever, whatever problem he had? Lyme disease. Lyme yeah. disease, which, you know, you hear people uh, who you never get over it sometimes. But this guy got through that. He looks like a new man. But again, I think it's his love for combat sports. I mean, it's a guy that's at ease at 40 years old against a young kid to do that is crazy. And and by the it way, really you know, I, I want you to know, Bazooka puts his name in on all of these fights to get in there, 45, 55. And I, I would never want to see him fight Jim Miller because I like Jim Miller, but um, yeah, that's not happening to Bazooka. He, he's way he, – right. Bazooka, Bazooka's really good at this point. So I hope they give this guy a chance and we get to see what he could do. But he, he put his name in for, I think, three fights. That, right. Uh, Mob story, Bloyev. Yeah. So – so we'll, Jim Miller we'll was supposed to face Ludovic Klein. Then it was going to be Jared Gordon in steps Jesse Butler. And you certainly feel for him given the circumstances. But, man, Jim Miller did not miss. The follow-up shot did not miss. And uh, you mentioned the Lyme disease, right? There was time. 
there were times during Jim Miller's career where you felt like maybe he wasn't going to get over that hump and there were some experimental things and he finally got relatively healthy with it. And for the father of four, working on his farm, 23-second fight, didn't absorb a strike, gets the bonus to go with it. I did want to ask you guys about the Jared Gordon circumstance, if I could, uh, because we talked about this on our show last week. He was separated from consciousness on April 22nd. He woke up after the Bobby Green clash of heads and then ensuing follow-up shots by Bobby Green. And any lip reader in the world could see Jared Gordon say, what happened, right? right. And then here he is fighting in June, right? Cutting weight the next month in the month of May. And it just didn't seem like he should have been in this spot to begin with. So I credit the Nevada State Athletic Commission for, for pulling Jared Gordon from this fight. I consider Jared a friend, but uh, this felt like... Uh, I don't know if it was manipulation of a medical suspension, Ray, or what it was, but it didn't feel like Jared Gordon should have been fighting. And uh, certainly glad he didn't eat that left hand, given the fact that he was concussed, you know, five weeks ago. Yeah, friend or no friend, we all love Jared Gordon. But hats off to the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission. We're here for the guy's safety. We don't want to see that kid get hurt. And uh, I'm really hats off to them. for They're there to protect the fighters. You know, that's why, again, even with steroid abuse, they want a level playing field, right? That's the objective. Everything's got to be level. They don't want somebody to have an advantage one way or the other. So if they're there to protect them, that's a great example of what they did. And it, we all love Jerry Gordon. It, they, he, he could never be mad at us for, for wanting to protect them. You know what I mean? So that's right. the way I look at it. You know, getting back to Jim Miller, though, too, he's, yeah. a, great he's a great example of a guy that's maybe never going to fight for the championship or be a champion that had a really stellar career in the UFC that you can't pick many guys that have done that the way he's done it. You know, I almost, I don't know why, but I almost feel like he's the Nolan Ryan of, uh, of MMA. Like he's not losing a beat. Like I think Nolan Ryan was still throwing a hundred miles an hour at, at 45. Like this kid looked phenomenal last night. Now he either looked phenomenal because the other guy wasn't that good, or he looked phenomenal. But I think he 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 did a nice slip and rip, and he ended the show beautifully. So, again, hats off to Jim Miller. I think he's a perfect example of if you love what you're doing, you can make a really nice living out of it. Yeah, Kenny, Jim Miller has now won four of his last five. He did say in his post-fight interview with Michael Bisping that he feels like when he feels good and he trains well, as he did in advance of this one, that he's dangerous for any 55er in the world, and he certainly is, right? Yeah, Finishing ability so. in all phases of the game. And uh, I don't know, like you look at Matt Brown's success right now, you look at Jim Miller's success right now, if I were to ask you guys, like, which guy do you think would fare better against the top eight in their respective divisions? I think a lot of people might answer Jim Miller. Like, I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what will be next for Jim. And he accepted three different guys on this date and might have beaten all three of those guys. Yeah, I think that's an important point, John, is like as you get older, right, and this kind of common sense. But I don't think a lot of people follow the protocol of managing your training, managing the volume of training, and managing your injuries properly. It's so tough for fighters to get out of that mentality of like push through pain, push through injuries, do this. You're really trying to manage a lot of that because you have so much experience at that point. The key is, are you in shape? Are you managing, you know, the aches and pains and the injuries and things? And if you could do that and you are very experienced and skilled like a Jim Miller or Matt Brown for that matter, you can go out there and still wreck shop. So it, it's yeah. great to see that approach executed so well by guys like Jim Miller. 
Yeah, genetically, I think he's got to be a freak too, John. Because I'm telling you, I've dealt with guys with injuries that fought with really bad injuries. And he looked, he really did look like a 20-year-old in there. He had a good pep in his yeah. step. He was, I mean, he was, he threw beautifully. I mean, it was, it's crazy. If he's 40 years old, that's nuts, man. Yeah, you, it we, really We've is. seen other guys not do too good at that approach in that age. And this guy looks like, yeah, put him in with anybody. He's going to be 100% going to be competitive. You can't look at any of his fights and go, oh, that's going to be a blowout. I really don't think right. so. And if, and if you make a mistake with him, he could get you out of there. I think back to some of our fighter meetings when he was trying to navigate the Lyme disease when it was really at the height of it for him, at least in terms of the symptoms. And uh, just makes it all the more remarkable what Jim Miller has done. And in terms of the Hall of Fame, you got to find a place for that guy. You know, I don't know that they would grab one of his individual fights and throw that in there. I think Jim Miller, based upon his body of work, uh, is a UFC Hall of Famer. I'd also like to see Andre Arlovsky get in there. Uh, he's on the wrong end of a TKO here against Dante Mays. Hey, Ray, before we get you out of here, I have a couple other things I would like to get to with you, unless uh, there's anything else from UFC Fight Night that I'm forgetting. Oh, Timmy Elliott, by the way, with a big win on the main card. A lot of people out there were suggesting that if I was on the broadcast, I would have uh, brought his personal life to the air. <laughs> Uh, you know, you would have, but it would have been great. Yeah. But how, how could they well, say that, Kenny? But man, is that an example of the power of the pussy? Man, I feel <laughs> drove him so crazy. He had such a, I, the guy fought like a fucking man possessed last night. I mean, hats <laughs> off to Tim Elliott. Oh, that motivation. Dude, I, I, listen, you, can't stop, you can't stop that I, type of motivation, Kenny. I'm telling you, or 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 it actually destroys you. I mean, like that. that yeah. Hearing the story, I don't want to get into it, but like that is such a devastating thing. Uh, it, it uh, and, and to hear him be able to bounce back off something like that and kind of focus or do his best to kind of focus on what's in front of him there um, is definitely uh, is noteworthy. I mean, those are kind of situations that can definitely break any man, no matter. Uh, what your background or what your toughness <laughs> level is, man, uh, that uh, is just like well, the no, ultimate unless, betrayal. So, yeah, yeah unless, you, unless you're from like Europe, I heard like the Germans are good with that stuff. They don't really <laughs> look at it. Maybe what a French is it? I don't know. But I think the Europeans are know. better at managing that type of uh, heartache. Than we are. Yeah. No, but I'll tell you, yeah. listen, we've all, we've all been there. It's a horror yeah. show. If you're not grounded, you're getting absolutely hammered, hammered on that. So, yeah, Tim's that's my favorite because that's the best revenge, right? Imagine if he would have yeah, lost. Success. Imagine if he would have lost that fight. You know, my where favorite word to hear you say, Ray, is hammered, hammered. But yeah, no, I'm so glad that he didn't lose that fight in terms of his mental. But uh, I'd have him fight Kevin Kroom at a catchweight. I know there's a a little weight class discrepancy there. I'd have them settle in the octagon. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) But when you say we've all been there, right? Yeah, like my high school sweetheart cheated on me. I've been cheated on multiple times. All of you, if you're watching out there, why'd you guys all cheat on me? But what hasn't happened to a lot of us, like you suggest we've all been there, right? And I didn't plan on going down this road, but it's the Anakin Florian podcast. It's not UFC fight night. So I can, Yeah. most of us haven't been there when a child is injected into the mix, when a woman or a man sort of professes themselves to your child as a parent and is parental. And then all the while is doing these deceitful things. Uh, 
I haven't been there, you know, where my kid's been involved. So, well, I mean, I, I could give you, you know, horror story. Maybe you've been there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not saying for me, but I'm saying just yeah. in general, I mean, whose wife is in, you know, uh, still at the hospital with the baby and the, you know the guys running around i mean it's this right. story oh. this oh. called life life in the big no. city it's it is horrible though what he went through is that 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 type of shit is is it's hard to it's hard to beat he'll eventually beat it obviously but yeah. uh yeah hats off hats off to him i mean i'm I, we're, we're goofing around a, a bit but that really is uh that's a horror show <laughs> I don't know if they reference on the broadcast, maybe during his walkout when most of the viewership would be in commercial break. Maybe they were muzzled and didn't talk about it at all. Uh, and there's a way to sort of do it. You could even just mention that he's dealt with some adversity in his personal life, and it can be as simple as that, right? Yeah. Well, but, he, well, he put it out there, though, John. He put he it out there. Exactly. Well, right. And, yeah. well, right, of course, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not going to – right. No, no you know I'm like, As soon as he does that, it, it's like open game. I mean, you could uh, – I don't think he minds if you can't. I I, that guy wouldn't mind a bit if you asked him about it. I'm sure. I, I, but I it's that's not even – right. Like you're trying to position. Yeah, you're trying to respect the person, right? Yeah. But also journalistically in terms of the context of the fight right. and his preparation for it, this was a huge thing that he was dealing with. And the fact that he was able to emerge through it, um, you know, is just another feather in his cap. And man, is is the career going to look good when we look back on it historically for Tim Elliott? You know, a guy who yeah. seven years ago fought Demetrius Johnson. Uh, for the UFC flyweight championship. And when all is said and done, Tim Elliott will be uh, the most decorated takedown guy in the UFC men's flyweight division. All right. Yeah, John, I, let me just one, one thing too. You brought up a good point. The fact that he got through a training camp is that's not easy to do in that position, you know, because your mind is all over the place, right? Uh, it, yeah. You know, I, there were times where I used to train Matt. If I had an argument with my wife, he'd just sit there and go, can you focus for two hours? Just give me two hours, you right. know, because right. that right. shit, you know, you got to you gotta address everything and end it immediately or you just, it lingers with you and it, it sucks, man. Yeah. It does suck. So. Yeah. 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 Imagine Tim going to his daughter and being like, hey, you know, uh, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't want to be with me. She wants to be with another man. So she's not going to, you know, be that motherly figure for you anymore. It's uh, a devastating thing. All right. 77 days until UFC 292 in Boston, Massachusetts. What do you think of uh, the city of champions? I know we haven't had uh, a champion since the Red Sox in 2018, but what are your impressions of, uh, of Boston, Massachusetts over the years? I absolutely love it. Love it and all the people. I expect a lot of love when we get there. <laughs> what are you love laughing it. at? Love it. What are you Got laughing at? I just love Boston. All right. Yeah, no, we're excited love to it. have you. Uh, maybe there will be some Northeastern yeah, you know, support for Aljo. You know, I got a bunch of relatives there, too, so I'm looking forward to catching oh, up with everybody. Yeah. Oh, you got Boston blood like I got New York blood, huh? Uh, Well, you know, they were born in New York, but they live in Boston now. Oh, right. And they smartened the up and went to Massachusetts, right? <laughs> this guy is oh my god guy's the best <laughs> the best or the worst right it seems like the Anakin Podcast audience is like turning on me 
but I'm just being me. I'm just being me. So, uh, Chris Weidman, do we, we have any update on Chris Weidman? I, he seems to look great. Got through that grappling event with flying colors. Do you think we'll see him in 2023? Yes. All right. 100%. That's a good sign. That's 100%. a good sign that Ray was that? super smart on that. One hundred percent. I'll give you the I'll All give right. you the date next week. Well, it'll be a cliffhanger for the fans. Hey. All right. Well, that sounds very encouraging. Next week, Ray Longo is going to give us the date on Chris Wadman's return to the octagon after that devastating broken leg suffered against Uriah Hall, I believe, April of two thousand twenty-one. Now more than two years ago. That's All right, Ray. Crazy. Before we get you out of here. You, it is. It That's is. That's crazy. Uh, man, UFC man. 289, Nunes versus Aldana, Rogers Arena, Vancouver, British Columbia this weekend. 12 years after Ken Flo walked out in a Boston Bruins jersey weighing 146 pounds. <laughs> we have a Rene Aldana challenging. We have a Rene Aldana challenging Amanda Nunes. We have Benny Dariush against Charles Oliveira, Dan Ige against Nate the Train Landwehr. Any final parting shots for us on UFC 289 and, and what your expectations are for this weekend before we let you fly. Wait, is this the, the, is this the first time we're back in Vancouver since then? Or no? Yes. Two, well, 2019. No, 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 no. 2019, okay. there was a UFC fight night in Vancouver. It's been four years, though, largely because of the pandemic since we've actually been in uh, the great white north. Yeah, I, I I love Vancouver, Kenny. You get to see the city at all when you you remember that? Or, I thought I thought I do, Vancouver a little bit. was great. I didn't get a chance on yeah. that trip. I didn't get a chance on that trip, but I I went after I retired. Got a chance to go to Vancouver when the uh, Women's World Cup was going on uh, oh, with yeah, Fox, I, and uh, absolutely absolutely lovely city. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, look, great fights. Uh, that who's that Nate? What's his name? I uh, do. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm Nate excited. Train to watch him. <laughs> I oh, can't yeah. wait for his fight. I tell you, that guy's done he's a great job. I actually can't wait for his fight. And he's got a really great dance partner for to make for it. This, this yeah. got to be an exciting fight. But uh, I'm gonna go with a uh, Darius and Aldana. A lot of oh, money man. coming in on DraftKings Sportsbook on Benil Darius now minus one forty, but. You said you like a Rene Aldana plus two sixty five. Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, I, I think she gets it done. Wow, care to elaborate on that? Uh, I just think she's got uh, honestly, and I, and I think Amanda is the greatest ever. But I think you know she yeah. is getting older. She's a mom. I think you know her, her, if her head's into the training, it it'll be. You know, I would go with her. I just think for some reason this girl's just going to be too big and too strong, and she could throw, she could take a shot. I, I think it's a, I think it's actually a bad matchup. All right, Ray Long goes on the record. He likes a Rene Aldana at UFC 289. You can see it all play out on ESPN Plus pay per view, and we'll see what Daryush has for uh, for Charles Dubronx Oliveira. All right, my friend, what's uh, on tap the rest of your Sunday, brother? You know, I got my daughter's birthday today, so we're going out and uh, celebrating. Which and daughter? Combined... What's her name? Nice. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't want to be mentioned on that. Oh, <laughs> how about that? You, Ken Flo, you guys, you you both keeping stuff oh, close no, to no, the I, vest. Yeah. All right. It's a lot of, 
Well, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of scumbags out there. What can I say? Yeah, got to keep it. Got to keep fine. it close to the Ray, best. Ray and I keep both of our families. Yeah, you know, no, See, it's good. Yeah. My kids' names are Riley Tatum and Hunter, but I have Argus <laughs> Integrated Defense, so I'm good. <laughs> Just keep in space. You can't. I can't. Vanderlei, I can't let you get too close. See, you know? you're in trouble now because now Kobe, now Kobe's copying down those names. <laughs> yeah. He could be showing up at one of the kids' schools now, like he was going to show up at your house. <laughs> this is what you want in your life. I Kenny, did have a dream to, the other night that I was off, running go through the Ken, park. I, you got to go to Kenny's self-defense class because I'm sure he covers even <laughs> this stuff in the self. This is part of self-defense. Yes. You know, yes. so can you get over there as quick as possible? <laughs> I got a lot of work to do before I am ready for that type of course. I don't know my my way around a uh, a firearm necessarily. It's been a few years. We're going to uh, fix that. We're going to fix yeah. that. Yeah. All right, uh, Ray. Well, uh, have a great day and a better evening. Happy birthday to your daughter who shall not be named. And uh, we will talk to you uh, next Monday, June 12th. Awesome, guys. You're the best. Thanks. And, John, you look outstanding today. That lighting is. Well, thanks, buddy. I wonder how good I would look in that lighting. <laughs> you would look amazing <laughs> with a uh, a high definition camera. Well, maybe we'll send one. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you a camera, and we're going to send Lauren back to back tips. You know, what? for the last two haircuts. That's what we'll do. Okay, <laughs> she'll be so happy. She'll be so happy. She's on this podcast. That's yeah. I don't want to say it's yeah. enough of a tip for her, but <laughs> all right. It's all good. Right. All She's right, got some band, so we can mention we can mention her name on the show. Get the fuck out of here. Without Just get out of here. Doubt. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Take they don't go minute guys. every week here. Yep. On the Anakin Florian podcast. Minutemen so sensitive, right? It's never my intention to cut anyone off. Sometimes it's a little bit of a, a delay there. But uh, thanks to Ray Longo for his uh, myriad weekly contributions to the show. A couple things here on the way out, Ken Flo. Did you happen to see at the KSW show in Poland, Christoph Glowaki or Glowaki, hope I'm pronouncing that right, 32 and 4 as a pro boxer, making his professional mixed martial arts debut. He's mounted and lands a left hand from bottom to knock the guy out cold. You see that? These are the things that are, are so amazing. You know, you have a certain perspective of fighting, right? And you're like, all you got to do is you get to the mount, and that's a dominant position. The guy can't hurt you from there, but you can hurt them. Like that's that's kind of the general rule of mount is you can punch them and they can't punch you. Right. And if they do, they're like you have gravity on your side. They, there's no way they can generate enough power off of their back to knock you out. You're fine. Not the case. Like these yeah. are the things that like as martial artists, it's great for us to see from the outside looking in to know that, hey, you know what? You can't get knocked out. Even if you're on top in mount, like beware. Um, and if these things happen to you, it's absolutely devastating, right? Cause like you become that guinea pig for the rest of the world to go. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be careful there. You actually yeah. gotta be careful. But that was, it was crazy. I saw it last night and I like my jaw dropped. I was like, damn, that's a real thing. Be careful out there. You're not just, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're not completely safe by being in the mouth. That, that was wild. Nice hips by Mark Goddard to get to the other Oof. side and, uh, stop that fight there. And shout out to Mohamed Khalidov too. 
just continuing to get it done. He's north of 40, I believe, at this stage of his career. And if there was a universal MMA Hall of Fame, this guy would absolutely be in it. I remember when we were taping MMA Live back in the day, and I did a lot of graveyard shifts back at ESPN when I was there from 2006 to 2011. And remember watching like Sengoku 11 and I just became like obsessed with this guy and uh, he wins the trilogy fight with Scott Askham over the weekend. So shout out to Mohamed Khalidov. And I will leave you with this from uh, Scott Fontana, great journalist out there who focuses a lot on his podcast on the judging. So listen to this, Ken Flo. Alternative decision alert. Abubakar Nurmagomedov won round one on two of three scorecards against Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos, and he won round two on two of three scorecards, but still lost a three-round decision. Scott says you get about four or five of those a year in the UFC. A lot of close rounds in mixed martial arts. All right, later this week, I will share some thoughts on my visit to the MMA Science Academy and to Amanda Nunez's Lioness Studio, and we will get six predictions from Ken Flo and Brian Petrie on UFC 289. Excited to get back to Canada. You know it's sold out in Van City, and uh, we're excited to be there. You can check out millions.co for our One More Sleep Vancouver City-themed limited edition designs. Kenny Florian MartialArts.com is live as well, and if you want merchandise to support the Anakin Florian podcast. We hope you will get it at anakinfloriampodcast.com. Thanks to everybody for listening, of course, across the world, for watching on the DraftKings Network and on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well. Don't forget, clips of the show can still be accessed on the Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel and live this Thursday. Remember the show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik. Thank you to our guests today, Raymond Longo. Our executive producer is Cody Merrill. And thanks to everybody behind the scenes at the DK Network as well. With that, for Ken Florian, John Anik, we will talk to you on Thursday. Until then, yo fucking later. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.